Hey folks, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jedi Council Podcast, episode 16. Oh, you've got Brandon Saxon here, yeah. And Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing well. More Star Wars, so what's not to be excited about? You're exactly right. So, folks who are longtime fans, longtime listeners are probably pretty excited today. We are on episode... of our own Star Wars trilogy, the Jedi Council Star Wars Podcast Trilogy of 2016 Extravaganza, I think is what we agreed was the official title. I think so. So, current events for today, before we dive into Star Wars. Um, One thing I saw the other day, I shared it on Facebook, I think I tried to share it on the Jedi Council Facebook page, but whenever I share things on my phone that I try to share on the Jedi Council page, they just share on my own page, so I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, I have the same problem, no help with that. Okay. Uh, so if you're a Facebook guru, get back to us and let me know how I can actually share things. But the uh, CW shows are starting up again um, next week, and everyone who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Arrow, even though it's seen a little bit of a decline in its fan base, and I would agree in the quality of the show. Uh, it got a little weird in the fourth season, but the trailer for the new season just looks so cool. It seems like Oliver Queen is maybe thinking of giving up his no-killing rule after the death of Laurel Lance, the Black Canary, Spoilers, sorry if you haven't seen episode 4 That's a nice retrospective spoiler You got to hear the spoiler and then get warned Um, Sorry about that, not really So anyway, I'm really excited about it Arrow looks great, so does Flash And I'm really excited that Supergirl's jumping in on the CW universe now I think um, as part of the Flashpoint that's happening in the Flash So I think it's going to be really cool And there's going to be a musical crossover episode It's going to be awesome, so I'm excited for it. I love a musical episode of superhero stuff. Oh, there's not enough of it. You just don't get the good musical episodes often enough. Um, Not since Buffy, so it's time for another one. It is. Absolutely. But anyways, moving on from current events, that's all I had. Did you have anything, Katie? I think that's about it. I was saying, you know, as we were talking about this podcast and planning ahead of time, I actually did not go to Paradox on New Comic Book Day, which is a tradition of mine, every Wednesday, and... I didn't make it yesterday, so I don't have any new comic book news yet, but maybe next week. The only thing I saw from New Comic Book Day was the cover of Batgirl looked awesome. I remember that, so yeah, that's all I have. I will have to check that out because the last issue was great, just her starting off and um, doing more of her martial arts. What what are you collecting issues of from the Rebirth event? Um, Or are you collecting any just regular issues? Yeah, Batgirl is one of them, and um, I've gotten most of the first issues of a lot of them, but I'm going to wait until they have the collected longer Mm -hmm. versions. Trade? Yep, trade favorites. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But uh, those I couldn't wait on. I just finished the last issue of Legend of Wonder Woman, and I'm tempted to start collecting... DC Rebirth Wonder Woman. I did get the first issue. The art looks phenomenal for the uh, Rebirth Wonder Woman um, series. Liam Sharp and everyone else working on it, but his his work I've been paying close attention to, and Laura Martin does the colors. She also does the colors for Black Panther, and it's just makes the pictures come alive. I mean, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, so I definitely will be getting that. And Rucka has been doing some interesting writing for that, too, of course. He's well known for, for writing great comic books, so... 
lots to be excited about. Oh, absolutely. So diving into Star Wars now, uh, so we, we kind of decided to do was, so we had our first episode on Star Wars where we kind of just talked about Star Wars, something that we both like a lot, and totally forgot to talk about mental health and kind of recognize that at the end because we weren't really watching at the time and just kind of got excited and carried away. So what we decided to do to complete our, our trilogy or our, our own Star Wars saga was we're going to spend today and talk a little bit about the dark side of the Force and maybe some of the mental health or maybe just some of our thoughts that go into some of that. And then what we'll do next week is just kind of wrap up our trilogy talking about the light side of the Force or kind of the lighter side of things. Um, we did want to just give a call out to Dr. Uh, Letta Mendy, who did this, at, wrote about something a little bit similar. She kind of wrote about, what was the name of that article? Do you remember offhand, Katie? It's, um, maybe we should look it up real quick, but it's, it's something, I can't believe I don't remember. <laughs> I was just, I was just looking at it, but maybe if you talk, I'll, I'll look at that. But it's That's... on our website, and we'll link to it, because it's, it's a really interesting analysis about why people are interested in the dark side, and then she talks specifically about Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. Yes, and I think we just thought that was such an interesting, despite our inability to remember the name of the article <laughs> offhand, thought it was such an interesting analysis and thought that maybe we might offer our own thoughts just kind of on the dark side, maybe a little more broadly, but also taking a look at some of the big uh, players who you see in the Star Wars film. The title, by the way, which is great, so I'm surprised I forgot. The Dark Side, Why We Must Join. Oh, I mean, I already have, so I don't even need to be <laughs> Well, that's it. true. Absolutely. And it's under the com. So anyway, we'll link to that. It's definitely worth a read. Very thoughtful from a psychological perspective. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with any of Dr. Letamendi's work, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, she has the Arkham Sessions podcast, and I know she's uh, guest starred on a few others, and all of her work is so good, and her writing is really well done. It's just really, really quality stuff. So anyway, uh, Kitty, let me read a couple of things to you here. Uh, let me start off with this one. There's no emotion. There's peace. There's no ignorance. There's knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the Force. That's the Jedi Code. And I think a lot of people are familiar with the Jedi Code. Maybe not the specific uh, lines that go through it, um, but they're just familiar with the Jedi Code in general, and maybe in so much as it's been referenced in the movies, and they understand that Jedi are kind of expected to follow this code. Um, let me read something else to you and see if you can notice any differences. Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains will be broken. The Force shall free me. What do you think about that? Oh, it's hard to imagine more opposite codes to live by than the ones that you've just read for the Jedi and Sith. Absolutely. Oh, you got it. You guessed it. It's the Sith code. You're right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I was cheating because I was looking over your shoulder as you read it. Oh, that's totally okay. <laughs> no, that is so. That is the Sith code, and I think the Sith code is a lot less um, recognized because it's certainly not talked about as much in the movies, and it's explored a little bit more in some of, I think, the extended universe and maybe some of the games. Um, whereas the Jedi code's a little more well-known, I think, and a little more talked about. But yeah, the Sith actually have their own code, too. And uh, the Sith are kind of an interesting group in the Star Wars universe. Uh, folks who are interested in Star Wars history, buckle up, because I'm about to drop some history <laughs> on all of you. Uh, Katie, try not to fall asleep. I don't know how interested you'll be in this. The Sith actually are kind of an ancient race in the Star Wars universe, from a, a time long, long before uh, you would see the movies thousands of years earlier. 
and um, the Sith as a race actually kind of died out, but there was a following that kind of came from them and from their teachings, just known as the Sith, that um, comprised of many different uh, races. I think for... I'm trying to remember... I don't remember exactly how that works, but I, I might be remembering this right word. They preferred humans, though, and other uh, races or species were kind of seen as subservient. Um, and uh, they kind of followed this teaching, and this was kind of their code. And similar to the Jedi, they had their own uh, academies and their own teachings. Uh, the Sith Academy was on the planet of Korriban, and uh, they had Sith Masters. And it was very much um, an, an antithesis uh, it's kind of saying that word a little weirdly there, but to the uh, Sith and their teachings. So yeah, just a little history there. But I'm wondering, when you're thinking about the Sith code, or maybe people who might follow the Sith teachings, what comes to mind? What might be the sort of people who might be interested in that um, lifestyle? It seems like people who have very strong feelings, because it seems like the Jedi code is kind of a state of neutrality mm -hmm. and peace, and I mean that in a positive sense, but if you're someone who has very strong, passionate feelings about something, or perhaps has tried to have the neutral, peaceful way, and has seen it lead to, or not bring you the, what you want in life, mm -hmm. for example, I mean, I think one of the clearest examples of this is with Anakin Skywalker, who's being trained as a Jedi, and experiences various tragedies, and maybe thinks this isn't the way to go and maybe something like the Sith code or the Sith way that focuses more on how he is someone with intense emotions mm -hmm. and looking to conquer these troubling things in his history maybe that would appeal more to someone like that yeah I think that's a really good analysis I think you're jumping on to something that I think is a good point in that I could see how well-intentioned people could subscribe to something more like this as opposed to the teachings of the Jedi, perhaps. In that, um, I mean, we actually do see this happening with Anakin, who is a well-intentioned person, who wants to save his mother, who wants to save his wife and children, um, but is just kind of lured in and manipulated by other people who have their own intentions and kind of use him as a means to an end to accomplish their own goals. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I think I, I just, I think it's a little tricky sometimes because I don't know that it's only, when you're talking about the dark side, you have people who fall to the dark side, who maybe were, uh, you know, good people who made a, a bad choice or were taken advantage of. It's not necessarily, I think, as clean as good or bad people. No, I think you're right, and this is an analogy to real-life situations where if it seems like if you're vulnerable, perhaps because of your experiences, there's something really appealing about not being told, you know, that's just how your emotions are, kind of um, try to get to that neutral space, but rather let's channel it to victory. Oh, absolutely. There's something appealing to that. Even as someone who tries to lean more Jedi than Sith, I can kind of get the appeal of that. Absolutely. Have we talked about Darth Vader on our um, podcast before and kind of related our... Uh, psychological analysis or evaluation of him before? Not, I don't think so. We might only in brief mention, not in the detail that we did, of our very first post, actually, yeah. our launching our website. Yeah, absolutely. was an analysis of mm -hmm. Darth Vader. Uh, so kind of born out of Facebook and, and the post-colloquium discussions of mm -hmm. our favorite character and some of the psychology behind it. Yeah, I think 
that that is turned into I still I think probably our the most visited or maybe the most popular post we've ever done. Yes, by far I think it's probably been viewed three times as many as the next okay. popular post. So certainly our most popular and and with good reason. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain uh, that Darth Vader is one of the most popular, uh, not even just villains, but just one of the most popular characters of all time. Uh, is that your sense as well? I don't have yeah. any data to support that, <laughs> and so I'm not taking a very scientific approach. I bet there is data to support that, too. though. I mean, this is anecdotal, but I think it reflects what you're talking about which is at the end of the Rogue One trailer, that flash of Darth Vader. I mean, people were just thrilled by that. I, Darth Vader is so recognizable across different age groups and just, I think you're right. There, are, there's a, And part of it is because there are a lot of layers to Darth Vader. Absolutely. So a quick Google search, uh, and, and folks who are familiar with www.shortlist.com know that it is the... Authority on lists. It's kind of like the New England Journal of Medicine for the internet. I for think. the internet, yeah. I've I've heard that before, uh, and it's how I know that is so trusted. Was that when I typed in most popular villains of all time, it was the top choice on Google. Oh well, that tells you something. Hashtag science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number one choice, Darth Vader, number one pick on there. So. Uh, so therefore, Brandon is correct in his assertion, as, as supported by shortlist. As usual. So what I'm reading on here that's kind of interesting, booed by cinema goers in 1977 before he even force-choked his first Death Star officer. I never knew that he was booed, mm-hmm. and in fact, I refuse to believe it. That's more good science. <laughs> Cherry-picking that evidence. Yeah, I think that's a good way to demonstrate your confirmation bias. Absolutely. Throw out anything that doesn't agree with you. But, uh, yeah, no, Darth Vader, uh, great character and certainly a very interesting history. So folks hate the prequels, and that's their right as free citizens of this country, <laughs> but they're wrong. The prequels are fine. Uh, and I think that when you watch all six of the movies, you get to see such an amazing evolution of a young boy who was born with no father, born into slavery, uh, faced, I mean, what I can only assume was a challenging life, working, uh, you know, and uh, but has these extraordinary skills, even as a really young child, and uh, meets these Jedi and Qui-Gon Jinn, one of my absolute favorite Star Wars characters. Um, kind of has sees something in this boy and, and wants to train him, and, uh, and he confirms with science that he has a high midichlorian count. Yep. So there's probably a lot of people that turned off the podcast now because they hate <laughs> midichlorians, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. But thank you to those who are still Thanks listening. Thanks for those I who are still listening. It. Uh, people do hate midichlorians, but it's they really have, I didn't even know that they do. Yeah. Why? So this is something funny that. So when we get started over on the Great Paradox, I did Dogs notice Talks the cast, silence came after yeah, I mentioned was that, but I wasn't sure why. I think why. that was like even worse than you mentioning the prequels was <laughs> midichlorians. Oh. People hate midichlorians, and you know I don't. I think it's because this is just me guessing, uh, I, I'm speculating. I don't know actually why, but I think it's because George Lucas took something that was so kind of raw and primal, like the Force, that was just a thing, and uh, just sort of. I don't know, quantified it with midi-chlorians as something that was never referenced before, but all of a sudden this is like 
a power scale for how powerful a Jedi you okay. might be. I'm not exactly sure. But people do hate it. Okay. So, but anyway, for our two listeners left, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm very good at alienating people from my you know, Star Wars point it's, of view. No, it's totally fine. I, I love a quantifiable thing, though. It makes a lot of sense to us as scientists that we would want to, you know, not just say, Are, is this person strong in the Force? I, let's... Like put my hand on your shoulder and feel. No, they're measuring this with science. It makes a lot of sense. That being said, as I've said before, I was introduced through the prequels to mm-hmm. Star Wars, Absolutely. which again many people don't like. But had I been introduced through the original movies, it's possible that I wouldn't have liked that either. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was just kind of standard. For I me. was introduced yeah. for, through the original movies, mm-hmm. and I don't mind the idea of midichlorians. So. I don't know. There's so there's some variability, but not much. Yeah, that controversy, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Qui-Gon confirms uh, Anakin's midichlorian count. Um, Anakin wins the pod race, of course, leaves the planet, wins wins the parts required to leave the planet, and I won't give a full summary of his life history. That's probably would take up the rest of the time here. But you can read it on our website. Absolutely, we yes. We really go into deep detail there because we, oh, yeah. we just love all the details that lead up Absolutely. to his ultimate fate. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see the character evolve from that kid to uh, kind of a uh, kind of moody adolescent to f- trying to figure out who he is, kind of plucked out of his own world and uh, has been told that he's destined for greatness to this very confident uh, young man uh, who's at fear of losing everything after he's lost his mother and has the secret marriage. Uh, and this is all taken advantage of by a sort of Sith puppet master, uh, Darth Sidious, that ultimately leads to Anakin's fall, uh, to becoming Darth Vader, I think is my very abridged version. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I think it's really, I'm, not to reiterate, but interesting to see that character development. And I think that's probably what makes, or at least part of what makes Darth Vader such a compelling and interesting character. And frankly, I think that's hard to do. It's easier if it's someone... Not that Kilgrave is an easy character, but when we talk about Jessica Jones, who's just, frankly, almost pure evil. And here there's someone with nuance, and then to have him come full circle at the end and kind of come back to the light, it's it's just very moving. One One thing that we should mention, since we're in the business of speculating about diagnosis of fictional characters, we arrived with um, Darth Vader diagnosing something called narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have heard the term narcissism, it's thrown around a lot, and I usually is, yeah. people equate it with arrogance. And when we're talking about the mental disorder, arrogance is one part of it. Entitlement to special treatment, the rules do not apply, obsession with perfect love and success. Those are some of the other things, as well as a sensitivity to criticism mm-hmm. that belong with narcissistic personality disorder. And certainly Darth Vader exhibits a ruthlessness towards other people where he doesn't appear to... He prioritized himself and his needs over them, and so you certainly see that pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Awesome character. Yeah. How about Darth Maul? Do you know much about Darth Maul, Katie? The main thing that I remember are that his lightsaber was really cool, Yes. and he looks like the devil. Those are both accurate. He does look really cool, and he does look like the devil. Darth Maul was one of was the apprentice for Darth Sidious before uh, Count Dooku, and then b- of course before Anakin mm-hmm. came after that. Uh, Darth Maul, we are introduced to him in Episode One. 
Um, I think that was the thing people loved about even people who didn't like Star Wars Episode One liked Darth Maul. He's pretty awesome. And there's a fan film about him, right? Yeah, I oh, haven't yeah, watched. It. Have you seen mm. it? I haven't seen it. No, okay. but uh, I've heard that it's great. Uh, and the character actually comes back in the Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series. Oh. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So in the the end, spoilers if you haven't seen Star Wars Episode One. Which turn this off if that's the case, but uh, he's battling Obi Wan and Qui Gon, and he's able to defeat and kill Qui Gon. And but Obi Wan defeats Darth Maul after that, and he falls down one of the many many shafts that exist in mm-hmm. the uh, Star Wars universe. People, hands, and lightsabers are just always flying <laughs> down true. those things. It's terrible. It they is. need to put some grades on it. <laughs> that would really change the course <laughs> of the story. Absolutely. Nonetheless, he does. He is recovered. So he's cut in half by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and so in Star Wars The Clone Wars, his brother finds him. And they actually like build him this awesome like spider lower body. And he is just on a revenge mission for Obi-Wan Kenobi. He just hates him. But yeah, it's quite cool to see the character come back because he is so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Darth Maul, a Dathomirian, that is his race or species, I guess. Uh, and they all kind of have these, I, I think they all have the horns. At least all of the ones that I've seen, which of course is limited only Darth Maul and his brother. Uh, so, but yeah, certainly another really cool character. Uh, very intimidating uh, duel. That was the first time we got to see the dual bladed lightsabers mm-hmm. that they were introduced at that point. So cool. Um, yeah, and just another, really just kind of a fan, uh, a fan favorite. I think. Yeah, not you know not as much depth obviously, no. and not as much information as there is about Darth only Vader. Only like two lines of dialogue. Yeah, so it's hard to really. I don't think we should speculate on his mental health status. I don't think we could. Not yep. enough information. I, no, I would agree. And then another, uh, of course, character who we've talked about before, and a newer dark side character, Kylo Ren, a character that uh, is a divisive character, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, some people think he's really awesome. You're, you're listening to two of them. Some people just hate him. Hate, just can't handle the Kylo Ren. And so it's really interesting. Uh and, of course, we have a whole episode on us uh, taking on the critics of Kylo Ren. Check it out. It, it's one of probably our top 15 best episodes. You're really going to enjoy it. <laughs> out of 16, <laughs> after this one's done. <laughs> um, but So my question for you, Katie, mm-hmm. why do you think that people love Darth Vader and hate Kylo Ren? So some of the criticism that I found interesting is repeatedly that it's actually a lot of the criticism that you hear about Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, that he's whiny, mm-hmm. um, that he's not tough, that he seems to emo. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, emo Kylo Ren, which is an awesome Twitter account, by the way. Check oh, it out if so you haven't funny. yet. Side note. But um, to get back on track, I so I don't know if people don't like that in a villain, I mean, when you read the Sith Code, there's specific discussion about passion, mm-hmm. and we certainly see this kind of dysregulated, impulsive, passionate mm-hmm. behavior from Kylo Ren when he doesn't get his way, he kind of has a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it doesn't, if people are uncomfortable with that being outside of just the certainty with which Darth Vader and Darth Maul even kind of act. But there, it's kind of interesting that people don't like that. I don't know. That, those are my thoughts. Mm. What do you think? No, I think you're exactly right. I think, I think that's one. Th- I think the certainty piece of it is a big part of it. We see Darth Vader, or we see Anakin Skywalker often engage in a lot of questioning and, and wondering what's the right decision or what should I do. 
we almost never see that from Darth Vader. He's very certain of himself, uh, confident in his abilities and his choices, and um, he knows what he's going to do, and he knows that's the right choice. Do people admire that confidence, even though it's confidence being used often to harm people? I think so. I mean, I, I do believe so. I think it certainly kind of adds to, pardon my language, sort of this badass sort mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, villain sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I I don't think we like to see underdogs as villains as much because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if maybe it takes away from some of the compelling narrative where we have to have our villains co- or our heroes coming up against this certainly uh, dangerous villain, whereas maybe we just don't feel that with Kylo Ren. Seeing him being so uncertain and kind of getting his butt kicked by Rey again and again, maybe, would, maybe people just don't really care about... It means maybe it doesn't make up for a lot of drama or, or hmm. intrigue, maybe. I'm not so, sure. So maybe people don't like ambiguity a little bit? They don't like that there are these... It's not all evil or good? That could be part of it. I'm not wondering if I'm not articulating my point as well. I think that... I think people maybe kind of like the ambiguity, oh, okay. but I'm thinking more so in terms of just we have someone who's specifically a villain who our heroes need to defeat that as part uh, of the story. Okay. And when we have a villain that's uh, kind of not all-powerful, not really seemingly that dangerous, it kind of takes away from some of the uh, drama or, you know, are they going to be able to beat Kylo Ren? Okay. Well, yeah, Ray's going to beat Kylo Ren mm-hmm. probably. So I don't know if maybe that's part of it. I'm not sure. What, what is it people look for in a villain? I guess I don't really know. Yeah, so that's so it's something about uh, wanting to the, an equal match or something like yeah, that. that. So could it's be more it. exciting, kind of like Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't equal. <laughs> <laughs> I just rewatched that again the other night. That's my favorite movie, I've decided. But that's a podcast for another time. Yeah, well, we should, we can talk about the extended. <laughs> that was our first podcast topic. So it was, it yeah, a great idea. So it fun to revisit with the new added scenes. But Star Wars. We're yes. Getting, <laughs> we're getting off topic. So th- so that's interesting, I think, that that there's this reaction to it. I wonder if, depending on how Kylo Ren develops in the next episode, if it'll be similar to people being okay with, well, Anakin was kind of whiny, but Darth Vader is badass or whatever, mm. and I wonder if, if Kylo Ren goes in that direction. You raise a pretty like good point, because people hate Anakin, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hate the whining Even the part little of it. Even boy. they just hate that little guy. I know. He's just so chipper. But there are so many people in life that I think that, more realistically, most of us would relate to uncertainty. Oh, absolutely. But is it like we want an escape when we're watching movies? Because uncertainty is uncomfortable. So maybe having someone who's so certain and confident, maybe that's a comforting thing. Well, this is one of the, the beautiful things about Star Wars, is it allows us to talk about these issues that are certainly relevant to politics, religion, larger issues, but it provides a little bit. I think Dr. Letamini mentioned this. It it allows us a little distance to talk about these important issues in fictional areas Mm -hmm. because people maybe are more open to discussing that, don't feel as defensive about their own points of view. And with Star Wars, this is an example where there's just so much of that. Absolutely. But as always, we're just about out of time. Uh, We should probably start wrapping it up. I'm wondering... Our new closing segment, uh, fan favorite, Pros of Wisdom with Brandon. I've got a few pros of wisdom based on today's talk. Uh, the first one is join the dark side. Maybe the first and only one. 
Am I saying commit acts of evil? No, I can't endorse that on this podcast. Not in good faith. <laughs> Not directly. Not directly. But read between the lines, folks. <laughs> but read between the lines. You know what I'm saying. Join the dark side. Uh, no, I think that um, the take-home points really are people like villains. I don't know what it is. Uh, Walter White, Darth Vader, uh, Dexter Morgan. I mean, he's kind of an anti-hero, but you could argue that he was a villain. He was a serial killer. Uh, so people really that would qualify yeah, I mean, to most people. So uh, people like villains, and uh, I mean that's kind of the biggest take-home point is people like villains, and they certainly like their villains to be confident and, and sure of themselves. They don't like whiny villains, or maybe they just don't like whininess in general. But but yeah, people like villains. Uh, I also want them to look a certain way. That's true. Which yep. we covered in the which I won't yep. repeat. But mm-hmm. there is but there is a fixed oh, image absolutely. of what qualifies, and when you challenge that, it's a risk. Yeah, uh, I don't know how many tweets I saw where people are distraught when Kylo Ren took off his helmet, which yeah. if mine, if I was Adam Driver, I would be just wildly offended and hurt by that reaction to my face, but I mean, I, I guess... I saw an interview with him. He seemed to take it in stride, I, so... He's <laughs> a more emotionally stable person than I am, I guess, <laughs> and certainly wealthier. Uh, so, but yeah, so I mean, people like villains. I mean, that's really the take-home point. They like villains, and I think that there are you know, things that we can relate to about them, even those of us who try to do good in this world, maybe understand the temptations mm-hmm. of the dark side, the power, the certainty that's promised, mm-hmm. the victory that's promised, whether that outcome happens, can understand why people might be drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In other news, we're on iTunes. It's it's our crowning achievement. So if you're on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it if you would uh, subscribe and give us a rating. That's the only way we're going to know if you like what we're saying. If you're giving us those low ratings, which, I mean, as per what I just commented, of course I'll be sad. Uh, but then we can know where to improve. But that's really the way people are going to fi- be able to uh, find out of us. We don't beyond our own tweeting and Facebook. We don't pay for any advertising or anything, so we really appreciate it when you can help us spread the word about some of the stuff we're talking about or the things we're writing about. So if you click that uh, subscribe and give it a rating so other people can take a look and say, you know, this looks like pretty cool stuff. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and, of course, our own website, www.jedi-council, spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L, dot com. And we've got links uh, to get to anywhere of of our work from there. So go on there and check it out. And uh, just thanks so much for listening in. Can I say one more thing? Oh, absolutely. I hate to loop around, but sometimes I do. I think about things and have to go back to it. Um, One last mental health note it is important for us to understand what is compelling about the dark side in people in order for us to identify it prevent it and treat it and so i think that that's katie's pearl of wisdom for today (laughs) (laughs) whoa a second new segment (laughs) i don't know if it qualifies as a pearl of wisdom but it is a katie random thought cycling back i love it no that sounds great uh another great closing point Thank you very much for that, Katie. And thank you all for listening in. Uh, we need to think of a, a sign-off line. Yeah. I th- I'm going to try out a new one every episode until we find one that we like. What's yours for today? I didn't think of it ahead of time, so just shooting from the hip here. Thanks for listening in. May the force be with <laughs> May you. May the force be with you. I like that. Hey, that's originally mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's originally yours and trademarked probably by someone else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you.